I'm Jen. I will be your humble host for the podcast, Life is Better with You in It. And I want to bring on people who are doing amazing things in the world and the community. And I just am really intrigued by learning more about what it's like to be a teacher, what's changed, what's different. And even now I have both boys in school. And so I keep thinking, how can I support the teachers? How can I how can I add value to them? How can I support at home? How can I reinforce what they're doing at school? And so I'm like, what better way than to hop on a podcast with somebody I know that's a teacher? <laughs> yeah, for sure. That sounds great. All right. Excellent. So I've got some questions here and we're going to start with the first one. It's really easy. Okay. It should be easy. I don't know. We'll okay. see. We'll see. So David, how long have you been a teacher and um, what made you wake up one day and say, I think I want to be a teacher to students? Sure. So I have been a teacher since 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is year 10 for me. Um, and yeah. And so um I think I first got interested in being a teacher when I was in middle school. I think a lot of teachers have a story like this where I had a teacher who really just made a huge impact on me. Um, She was my seventh grade history teacher, and um, she was really encouraging. She really went out of her way to emphasize what she thought I did well and encouraged me to participate in class um, and uh, encouraged... um, a joy of studying history and social studies. And then I thought like, well, what better way than to be a teacher? Um, So one in middle school and then another in high school that really kind of um, made me see the value in it and see kind of the potential in the career. That's awesome. So year 10, congrats. That's like a decade of your life. Yeah. It's amazing. And so thank you for all the impact. And so what I heard during what your your answer is, is that these teachers were encouraging you and they went out of their way to tell you the good things that you were doing. So I feel like those are two huge ways that um, students and can kind of receive that love that they get at school because they spend a lot of their day with you as a teacher. Um, so I love that. I'm going to be thinking about those two things today, about how how teachers can encourage their students and go out of their way to praise what they're doing. And I think I try to do that at home too, even as a parent, right? Like, hey, love how you did that on the first ask. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, it's tough because at the high school level, you get a little less than an hour and a half with the kids and you have so much that you're trying to accomplish. And uh, you kind of know on some level, like, you want to give each student some individual attention, yeah. but you've got so much going on. So just trying to remember like what that did for me when a teacher did that for me and then trying to extend it to other students. Mm, love that. So what was education like back then, a decade ago when you first started? And maybe what has changed now from the lens of a teacher, for those of us who are not in the classroom every day, right? I think this year more than ever, I've been trying to get more involved in the classroom and just understand like what it's like to be in a class and watch how they are moving from station to station and then, you know, doing the lunch. And I hear about the lunch menu and I hear about the lunch antics and the things that happen when they have a substitute. And so, 
you know, what, what has changed or maybe what stayed the same that you want to kind of like peek back the curtain for those of us who don't get to sit in the classroom day in and day out? Yeah, absolutely. I think a, um, a big thing that has changed is, um, the, the need for teachers, you may have heard about like teacher shortage. Um, so when I first, um, graduated from college, I had my master's degree, you know, I'm all set looking for a teaching job and this was 2010. And so it was the middle of the great recession and basically school systems just were not hiring. They didn't have the budget for it. Um, so I actually spent three years, um, looking for teaching jobs unsuccessfully. And, um, you know, I worked other part-time jobs while trying to find, um, a teaching job. And so it really was like, I'm just going to have to take whatever I can get and try to get my foot in the door. Um, and so a big change, um, over the past 10 years has been like, man, we need people. Um, and so I, uh, the school that I'm at, I, um, am the leader for the social studies department. So there's not, this is not like a ton of responsibility. It just means that, um, I'm kind of the point person between administration and the department. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I tell, especially my new teachers is like, we need them. Like I, part of, what I view my job is to make sure that they feel supported enough that they're going to stay because there's no one waiting in line at the door. You know, it's not like when I started and it was like, okay, if you leave, we've got 10 other applicants who are looking for a teaching job. You know, this school system is in high demand. We always have people looking for something. Um, Right now there's just nobody. And so um, a big thing has been, um, And this happened, you know, with lots of industries with COVID, lots of retirements, lots of profession shifting, um, people deciding to stay home and and whatever. And so um, still trying to recover from that and just um, realizing that like, man, there's not like people waiting for this. And so um, making them feel supported when they're brand new. That's one of my questions too. What, what advice would you give to new teachers? So we'll ask that later. We're going to come back to that one. Um, But being able to support new teachers. And so what is, what is supporting a new teacher look like? And this kind of segues into like my next question of like, how can parents support students at home? And then how can parents support teachers at school, right? I think there's definitely been this culture shift and there's a viewpoint shift of teachers and the way Mm -hmm. that teachers add value to a student's life, right? Like at some point you are going to have teachers that you don't like. That, that's yes. just how it goes. That And it's also in life and in the workplace. Right. And so like, how do you manage when the teacher is less than ideal? Um, And, you know, like, right, we try to navigate that on the home front. But back to my question of like, how, how can parents at any age support their students at school? And then how can we support our teachers? Like, what does support look like from a teacher? Yeah, so I think um, a big thing that I've noticed, and this kind of goes along with the shift, and it's probably um, it's probably a shift from when you and I were in school as well. Like um, there was kind of the sense that it doesn't matter who the teacher is, you're gonna 
go and just kind of do your best because that's sort of what is, what's expected for you. Like mm-hmm. that's the ex- expectation my parents put on me. And um, the what I have seen now is that um, the connection between teachers and students is so important to mm-hmm. like getting them to engage with the material. So I can't expect that students will just come in and want to learn about, I'm a government teacher, so that they'll want to learn about the Articles of Confederation or the Supreme Court or whatever, just because, hey, this is what we're doing. I'm the teacher. I I told you this is what we're doing. You need to do it. Like the the I was very scared. I was one of those students who was like, whatever that teacher said is law. And that's it. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Right. And and that is like so not the case anymore um, where students want to know. And I don't think this is a bad thing. Like students want to know that their teachers care about them Mm -hmm. as a person. And uh, uh, and so I always start almost all of my students are seniors. And so I always start class by asking um, what's going on in, in the world like, right, like news kind of government stuff. And also like, what's going on with you? And so I find out about, I hear stories from their work. I hear about how the volleyball team is doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear about like, um, whatever clubs they're in. Um, I get updates on when they hear back from colleges. And so then I'm able to show that I care. And when I show that I care, like, this is not true for every student, but when you show that you care about them, like suddenly they'll follow you wherever we're going to go. They're way more forgiving, like when mistakes get made. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think I may have lost the, the thread of your original question. It's okay. Um, so the, how do we support parent? Or how do we support um, our students at yes. school? And so it sounds like uh, we want, we want, teachers who are going to give a shit. So it sounds like you give a shit because you are genuinely asking how they're doing. And so that shows that they are going to be super invested in whatever you're trying to teach them. Um, So how do we, I guess, how do we, how do we as parents help support the teacher now? So let's look back on like what the teacher needs to do a good job, right? Because it is, I don't think it is. um, I am not of the mindset and maybe this is not popular. And I don't care. (laughs) I'm not of the mindset that like you are going to now be responsible for my child and all of my child's manners and the way that they act and the way that they carry themselves and their grades. And if they don't get good grades, it's on you, the teacher. That's not how I roll in this house. We're a family of natural consequences. And so like if you don't study for your test. This sounds like a you problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, how, I guess is natural consequences a good thing? I guess I think probably because I feel like that's the same thing in life. Right. If I don't do my work, I don't get I don't get money. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But how do we yeah. how do we support you as a teacher? Like what can a parent do for a teacher to show so, that they care and that they're invested in this whole journey of the school year? Yeah, definitely. So again, speaking from the perspective of high school and yeah. just on a on a practical level, mm. um, one of the biggest challenges that we're facing in high school right now is phones. Um, right. Like that, and it's tough to 
it's tough to blame. It's tough to blame anyone. Like, I don't think it's anyone's fault. I know that no matter how engaging I make my lesson, I'll never be as interesting as what's on TikTok, right? Or what their what their friends are texting them about. And I I don't blame their parents and I don't blame the students because they're teenagers. And if I was a teenager and I had access to that, I would have been the same way. And yeah. so um, I don't think it's that anyone did anything wrong. I think it's that this Pandora's box is open and now we're trying to figure out what to do about it. And so um, the school district, you know, has said like, hey, we're going to have, you know, a zero tolerance policy on this. Like they shouldn't be out during instruction. But on one level, like if uh, if we wrote up as teachers, like if we did referrals, like administrative referrals for every kid who had their phone out, that would be all we did. And that would be all administrators dealt with. Um, and so I think if we at schools can, you know, try to set some expectations and boundaries and folks at home can try to set some expectations and boundaries around that, um, even even something as simple as like, don't call your kid while they're in school. Yeah, um, yeah. The number of kids that I'm like, hang up your phone. And they're like, it's my mom. I'm like, what? She knows where you are, right? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so hmm. stuff like that. I think on, on one level, like on that sort of practical sense, that's one thing. Okay. Um, and then the other thing, um, so a big focus for our school district has been what we call like social and emotional learning, which is not just here's the facts. Um, but it's like, kind of like what you were just talking about with natural consequences, like responsible decision-making, mm. critical thinking, um, understanding like how I feel and how that connects to my behaviors. Um, and so trying to help teenagers navigate that, which I think is important, but also really, really difficult. Um, and so just being aware, I think as parents that like, we're trying to help students with that, it may not, school may look different from the way it did when parents were growing up. Yeah, because um, yeah, it was a, law back then. It was right. law. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was law. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing that it looks different. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to be like, well, this is how it was when I was growing up and I turned out fine. And so whatever. Um, like, but, but are you fine? Because I feel like you probably right. need counseling, but like maybe we don't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me not say that in a parent-teacher conference. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, the stuff that we're doing, we're not just sort of making it up like it's research based. We're trying new things. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that everything we do is good or right or that you, you know, that parents just have to follow it blindly. But like, give, I think giving some grace mm. to say like, OK, this is different from how I remember it, but let's engage with it. Let's see what happens. You know, let's try it out. Um, and kind of like what you said, you know you're not, and I have to tell my students this too, like, you're not going to like every teacher. You're not going to like every decision that gets made. Um, what can you control in the situation? And uh, um, that's really, that's really the best you can do. 
Fair. So parents can help our students by not calling them during school hours, right? Unless it's an emergency. (laughs) Because really, honestly, if my mother called me during school, I'd be like, it's my mom. Like, I don't want to deal with the wrath of her because she'll say, why you no answer me? Even now I'm my age. And she goes, why you no answer me? I'm like, because I'm working. Right. (laughs) I'm on a call. And she's like, I had something important to say. I'm like, all right. And then now I do it too with her where I'm like, you didn't answer my call. You didn't like, answer. What you, yeah. What are you doing right. With your life over there. Know, like you're just I supposed know. to be my mom. So, all right. Setting some clear boundaries about phones and phones during instruction and giving the people that are in front of you respect. Right. Um, right. Bob Goff. He's, I don't know if you know, Bob, do you know Bob Goff? He's an author. He's a sounds familiar. Author. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he writes to people who he's on the podcast. So you got to go back to like the very first episode and he's on it. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And he talks about not in this podcast, but in general, he talks about being where your feet are. And I think yeah. it's so hard for us to be where our feet are, whether it's in school, listening to our teacher and the matter that's at hand. Right. At home, being present with my boys and my husband because yeah. we're so connected. We're right. so so damn connected to the phones. And, and so what, what am I doing as a parent to set an example about boundaries that I have with this, I think, and that will reflect with the kids. Like they will learn what our boundaries are when we're teaching them and then enforcing them ourselves. Yeah. And I, I catch myself not, you know, when I'm at work, not even with the phone, but like my wife uh, likes to say, you know, what's the most important thing to do what you're doing right now and who's the most important person it's mm. you're with right now and so if i you know if i'm working on something at my computer and a student comes up to ask a question like turning and looking at them and stopping what i'm doing even though i could probably answer it and, and keep working on this email at the same time but like mm-hmm. giving them my full attention something as simple as that just to show them that cuz I think this is true for everyone. I think it's especially true for teenagers. Like, am I important? Do I matter? Does what I say have value? And so just something as simple as like, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and look at you and fully consider what you're saying, I think helps answer those questions for them. Yeah. It's amazing what our body language can do when we are like physically present and turning our attention yes. away from what's happening in front of us. Cause you have so many tasks to do as a teacher. I can only imagine what that looks like for you on a day-to-day basis. So, all right. So you're checking in with the kids at school and you're saying like, what's going on in the world, right? Cause there's so mm-hmm. much happening in the world. I feel like every right. day I wake up and I'm like, that's new. Yeah, exactly. That's- that's not frightening. Okay. And so then you're also asking like, Hey, what's going on in your world? And you're being, you're creating this place for students where they can like be who they are in your class and you're getting buy-in from them naturally. Cause you're showing them that you genuinely give a shit. And I think we need so much more of that in our world and even like in our own families and how we, we act. So Maybe for us as parents, we've learned that we can set some boundaries on our phones and teach and enforce those boundaries at school. Hey, like when Mr. Holland's teaching, you should be listening because like he has stuff that's important to say and there's a reason why you're there and there's a reason why you need to be learning what you're learning. And then two, also being probably a place at home where they can feel safe to be like, hey, what's going on in the world? Like what's going on in your life? Because I think sometimes when you when you ask like questions, like I've stopped asking my boys, how are you? Cause what do they respond with? I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so what I say when I greet them is it's really good to see you. It's really good to see you. And they're like, 
And they don't say it back ever. I don't think I've heard them once say it of back. Of course not. Nope. No. Yeah. But as soon as I say it, they smile. And then all of a sudden I hear everything that happened for the day. And I just like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I hear all the things that I should not be hearing about yep. But I yep. hear them. And so I'm just like, share more, share more. All yeah. right, was that probably a good choice? And they're like, no. And I was like, what could you have done differently for that? And so I feel like when I, when they, sh- when I'm, when I show I'm invested in them, I can give them that kind of feedback. Like, was that the best choice? And they're like, no, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, what do you think you could do differently this time? And, they're, and then they'll tell me and I'm like, all right, so I'm glad that you know, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. going to try differently next time. So it lands better. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I try to do that too. Um, you know, greeting students. Um, like I had a student one time who, um, was very sharp, like very pleasant, but they were um, chronically either late or absent. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they told me um, one time how when when they come in late and a teacher would sarcastically say things like, oh, you know, glad you could join us or whatever, um, that it would just make them feel like, why did it even come? Like it would just, you know, maybe that was the first class of the day and they came in late and that just sets the mood for the whole day. And mm. so um, I really make a point when something like that happens just to tell students like, oh, I'm really glad you're here. Like yeah. not sarcastically, but just genuinely like, oh, it's so like, it's so good to have you. Um, and uh, I think that makes a difference. Cause again, I think this is true for adults and, and for teenagers. Like, do I matter? Does the yeah. fact that I'm here matter? And if you're in a class of 20, 25, I have a class of 33 this year. Um, it can be tough to feel like whether I'm here or not makes a difference. Yeah. And so any opportunity that I can take to be like, hey, it matters that you're here, I think is a good, um, you know, is helpful. That's awesome. I love the way that you support your students, not just learning the government things and like the things that they need to know, right? That totally affect our world, um, but the way that you impart the care. So uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's amazing. So what's one thing that you wish parents knew about teachers? Or maybe two things. (laughs) Um, Or three, if you have them. Yeah, yeah. I think... um, I, so this is a, this might be a government teacher specific thing. Um, I would say maybe government social studies, English kind of thing um, is that just given kind of the, the culture um and, and the, the state of the world right now, uh, it's just to remind people that we, like in a government class, I tell my, I'm upfront with my students early on, like my goal is not to make you think like me. Mm. Um, I'm very secure in what I think and believe. And so I don't need to make a little army of minions that all believe what I believe. Um, but one of the things that I will do is um number one we're gonna like push back on um 
things that are uh, like things that I can tell have come from social media yeah. or um, are just kind of talking points. Like we're going to learn how to dig into those things. And so a kid will say like, oh, I saw this or this thing is happening or I have a question about this and we'll I'll put it up on the projector and we'll go like find sources for it and see, you know, what we can um, confirm if it needs to be confirmed, what we can debunk if it needs to be debunked. Like, yeah. let's look at what this actually is. Um, and so, like, I'm not trying to I'm not out to change anybody's political perspectives. If anything, I want to give people like I want to give my students kind of an anchor to reality. And yeah. so that doesn't mean that they have to believe what I believe. Let's at least have some common ground where we can like agree on what some basic facts are. And then if we come across, like if we come to different conclusions, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and so we talk about like from day one, I say, you know, we don't do debates in this class because I don't find that helpful. Um, I think especially when there's an audience full of teenagers that people like aren't going to do change. things for show. Yeah, they're not going to change their minds um, no, because that's no. humiliating. And so they're just going to dig in and, and get angry and emotional. Mm -hmm. um, and so instead, I say, instead of trying to change someone else's mind, make it your goal to be understood by the other person and have them understand you. And if we can get that far, even if we don't agree or change minds, like at least we've found some common ground mm -hmm. uh, where it's like, oh, I can understand where you're coming from. I always tell them, like, I want the conversation in my class to be more mature than the talking heads that you see on like 24 hour cable news networks. Like we're going to beat them. We're going to be more mature than these yes. adults who this is their job. Um, and so and use critical thinking and like, I love yeah. how you challenge them to not take everything that they consume at face value, because I think with our phones, we have so much more access to information than we ever had. And so when you see something pop up as a news article, we, we believe that yeah. all these news stations are giving us the facts, but really there's like this whole understanding behind those that they support different types of parties, different ways of yeah. thinking. And so getting objective with the facts that are given, I think is a great challenge and a great service that you give your students. Cause I don't think debates do anything either. I mean, we, we pay people to debate and we don't get problems solved and we need more right. problems solved so we can have less issues and like more resolution and more, more like with each other than I think yeah, that for we sure. have right now, because, you know, people will just share stuff on social media. And I'm like, did you like, did you think about that? Did you research right. that before you right. posted it? Like, you Hey, like I get what you're saying. This? Yeah. yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. So that's one thing. And again, awesome. that's probably, government and social studies specific is like, we're, you know, I joke with people that like, believe me, if I had going back to the phones thing, if I had the ability to indoctrinate my students, I would indoctrinate them to put their phones away, right? Like right. that would be <laughs> yeah. where I would start, forget the politics. Right, um, right. Mm. Um, so that's one. Okay. Um, I think the other thing is just, um, just a reminder that, you know, we're human mm -hmm. and like we're doing our best. Um, and so you guys are uh, robots I'm, back there. I know. Yeah. We don't like, they don't like plug us into the right. wall in the classroom. <laughs> um, yeah. 
<laughs> and so, um, you know, sometimes like I'll make mistakes. I'll, a kid will turn something in and I'll forget to grade it or whatever. Um, and so, you know, from a teacher's perspective, I try to show students a lot of grace with things. Yeah. And in general, I think that helps with the grace in return. Um, but yeah, just a reminder that like no one's out to get your kid. You know, we don't have, I think there's there's that sense sometimes from students like, oh, Mr. Holland hates me, right? And that's why, like, I don't go home and plot revenge against right. your teenager. Like I've got other things to do. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we're doing our best. We're just human. We try to own up to mistakes when we make them. Um, and you're but, not trying to indoctrinate the next gen. You're just trying to yes. question all the information that we get right. because I think our world, like you, like for even these kids, I think about all the information that they can consume on a daily basis yeah. now. And it's like, yes, you do need to have critical thinking and think about what that is saying. And is that true? Is that true? Yeah. Is that right? Is that something that you should believe? Let's do some homework on it first. I'm not trying to say you're right or wrong. Like, let's just see if we can find some more research on that. I love that. Right. And I love that. Yeah. Yes, you guys are human. I'm just surprised we don't, we don't, plug in teachers and we just right i know you're, I know. you're a robot you don't even have any feelings like you just do what we need you to do <laughs> yeah for sure yeah so um yeah i think uh, so much of the government course is context right so they they've heard some basics before yeah from eighth grade civics or from u.s history about like okay this is how it should be like this was the idea when the government was set up but a lot of what i do especially now that students are really paying attention to current events mm -hmm. is like, let's see, you know, you've learned what the ideal is. Let's see what it looks like in practice. Yeah. So, you know, why aren't, why isn't this particular bill becoming a law or, um, you know, why is this election working this way or, or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, um, let's kind of see what the reality is. And so, um, awesome. yeah, just trying to fill in the blanks, I think for kids. That's great. So we'll leave us with this final thought. What, what advice if, so, if you, if we have some listeners right now who are, you know, in school and they're going to get their teaching degree, right? It sounds like there's going to be jobs in this market. So that's a good market yes. to be in right now. Um, what would you tell a new teacher that's wanting to get into education? What would you, what like word of wisdom would you share with them? Um, I remember telling, uh, a teacher that I really admired when I was in high school, like, Hey, you know, I want to be a teacher. And he was like, well, you know, it's the noblest profession. Um, and, uh, I think the, the piece of advice that I would give is, um, when I first started, I remember like we had this week long training and at the end of it, they had, uh, I think maybe the citywide teacher of the year or something like that, you know, spoke to us and it was supposed to really motivate us. Yeah. And she said something like, um, you know, if you don't come to work every day, like full of joy and enthusiasm, then you need to find a different career. And uh, that was like the worst thing she could have said to me. Um I, because my first year teaching was a huge struggle and uh, there's just so much adjustment 
Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of think like, oh, I've been in school my whole life. Like I can do this. I know how and to do this. I know how to on teach. the flip mm-hmm. side, right, exactly. And you you just try to figure out what works for you. And so, um, you know, don't be afraid if it's difficult um, at first. Um, and uh, like, give yourself a break. Um, you know, I think a lot of first year teachers like, oh, I'm going to grade every single assignment I'm going to give, like, I'm going to do all the things that they tell us in school, like give constant feedback and I'm not going to do things this particular way. And I'm going to follow all the research and everything. And it's like, yes, that's great. Like do the best you can also like let good enough be good enough. Yeah. Um, I Sometimes think a lot of something to 80% is still done. It's yeah, still done. That other sure. 20% is just you. I've, I read that somewhere. Someone had a really smart quote where it was like, get it to 80%. The other 20% is just you. It's just you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think a lot of teachers were good students and like perfectionist students when they were in school. Yeah. And so they're used to like really pushing themselves and everything has to be perfect and um just saying like no like you got to take care of yourself this job if you let this job consume you it will and uh, i would rather i've told new teachers this before like i would rather they be a great teacher for a 30 year career than be an awesome teacher and burn out after 5 oh, because yeah. i've seen that happen before and um you know, like you said, settle for that 80% and like, and take care of yourself with the time that you have left over. Cause you're not going to be any good to your students if you don't take care of yourself. No. So the advice is every day is not going to be joy and rainbows. Right. And maybe your first year might be the hardest one as you learn how to teach and what to teach. And you're going to be challenging probably your own perceptions of how you wanted to teach and how you wanted to show up for your students and take care of yourself so you can be on it for the journey and not just a stint. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, David, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast of Life with Jen. Thank you for all of the things that you're doing to impact all of these next generations as they go in and they take some political roles. They become teachers. They become plumbers. They do, I don't know, influencing and all the other jobs that are like brand new now in this whole universe that we have. So life is really better with you in it. And um, listeners, life is better with you in it too. And I hope that you've learned something today about kind of getting a behind the scenes look at what it's like to be a teacher. So thank you, David. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm glad, glad to be here. It's wonderful. All right. Thanks listeners. 